Welcome to another episode of ASX Market Goss. For no more than 30 minutes, we're going to dig a little deeper with ASX-listed small cap companies, their focus, the future, the highs, the lows, and what's next. Part of the conversation is to get to know our guests at a personal level, their experiences, their mentors, their slips and slides, maybe down to their coffee of choice and life away from the share price and investment decision making. And today's guest is Michael Walsh. He's the CEO of Voltaic Strategic Resources Limited, ASX code VSR. Michael, as I welcome you, timing is everything. Things are going okay. Yeah, no, it's been a very active couple of weeks for Voltaic. We've put out results on two different projects, Tea Tree Lithium Project and Paddy's Well, and yeah, very favourable results so far and good market response. So we talk of May 17, we're sitting in here, um, and you only listed and launched back in October at two cents. There's a nice pie graph or a, a column graph which has a nice green spike in it over the last few days. That must give you great heart. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was a lot of kind of hard work getting to where we are over the last six months. It's a lot of time in the field in the uh, the tough summer months, and we're bearing some fruit from that work now. And we have, I think we've got two different narratives going. One on lithium at Tea Tree, where we're a long strike from Delta Delta Lithium. They're drilling about 100,000 metres into the, the Inia Tower project, so super aggressive. And we've got very similar pegmatites at our ground, so very thick from surface pegmatites. And we're waiting on those assays to come back from the initial campaign. And then we've got this Paddy's Well Rare Earth project where we've just put out what we believe is probably the widest clay-hosted rare earth intercept that we know of. Um, in Australia, so about 80 metres of continuous mineralisation from surface. So, yeah, very, very exciting, very early days for the company, but very, very exciting times. Does it vindicate your decision to to do this and to, to do the hard yards? And we talk about up there in Gascoigne, and we know how difficult it can be to access and, and how much you had to graft and grind your way in to, to, get, to, to get everything started up there, and then all of a sudden you get great results back and you're still building on that. But it must give you great heart to say that, as you say, you laid the foundations in what it could, what it could have been a, a difficult time, but also it could have been a waste of time. Yeah, 100%. Look, uh, myself personally, I, I left a kind of corporate career, a job for life type thing. I was at a company for about 10 years where I pretty much could have stayed there for the rest of my life. And the decision to join the Rockford guys here who basically put Voltaic originally together and, and several other companies. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a thing that I, I had decided to do. It was a kind of a, one of those moments in life where you decide uh, what, what your next 10 years are going to look like, and I'm, I'm very glad that I did. And, uh, yeah, I think I, I said before we started recording that this isn't a career move for me. This was, we're all about, myself and the, our exploration manager, we're all about making a discovery. We're not a lifestyle company. We're not, you know, sitting around taking a pay packet. We're... We're just hell-bent and laser-focused on making a discovery, basically. Well, it seems very positive over the last, as you say, the last couple of weeks. And we're, we're chatting in this room on May 17. Now, May 18, of course, tomorrow, you've got a webinar with possibly investors and people can ask questions on it. Again, I'll go back to the original comment, timing is everything. You, they're going to be pretty cock-a-hoop. There's going to be a good feeling in that. Um, what sort of, again, we've crystal balling a little bit, and by the time this is aired, you would have answered those questions. But what are you expecting? What's the vibe you're going to get through when I say in the room from, from those um, I think we'll get a lot of questions on, say, for our example, our tea tree project and assays and what are we expecting from the initial assays. And 
there's I've seen some chatter online about the mentioning of visual spodumene, which is the mineral that you're we're hoping to have for uh, hosting lithium. So we we don't want to make any of those type of visual comments until we're absolutely certain. That's just the kind of a, approach that we've decided to take. We we don't necessarily f- feel the need that we need to go down and say we've seen visual spodumene without having that backed up by say XRD, which is a, a, a way to characterize the mineral spodumene super accurately. So that's I would probably get a lot of questions about that. And on the rare earths, um, I suppose there'll be questions about the economic uh, extraction of the rare earths and the metallurgy, how that's going. And I'll be happy to give an update there. And uh, we're taking a slightly different approach for the rare earth metallurgy, for example. We're doing this met. We're doing this work up front before we continue to continually drill out this huge clay system that we've now identified. We could literally spend the next three years here drilling this clay system and getting out a huge resource, but that could potentially be a waste of time and money. And we that's why we're doing the metallurgy now to see is there any potential for this stuff to leach in what's called economic or ionic conditions. So if, if there is an ionic component to the clay, which means it'll leach at a pH of 4, not using excessive acid, not using excessive leaching times, um, we, we will then continually to drill out this clay system. And if it doesn't, then we're just going to stop work, focus on the clays, and just go after our primary hard rock carbonatite rare earth targets instead. So we're, we're just differentiating ourselves a bit. Um, a lot of our peers tend to you know, spruik rare earth clay projects and continually put out results after results, drill campaign after drill campaign, and at the end of it, potentially not even have uh, an economic project. So we'll probably get questions on both the lithium and the rare earth and the, and the future, um, what the next six months holds. You, um, you seem very measured, You've, and, you know, we've only been in this room for 10 minutes. Um, you feel I feel like there's you're not big on putting mayonnaise on anything. You're just... You're just a matter-of-fact type of guy. Is that is that the is that your mo? Is that your makeup? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, um, I'm not uh, what you call call a tr- traditional promoter. Um, um, it's all about just um, the facts, really, with, with with me. I think as a personality, and I think we want to build us our company as a credible, mm. highly technical kind of competent management team. And we certainly don't want to come across as overly promotional and you know making wild claims without being able to substantiate them. Mm. Uh, oh, well, you mentioned it, you know talking about the, the decision to leave a what could have easily been the, the the job for life, good income, comfortable, knowing what you're doing, stay in your lane type of stuff, and then you you get a vibe or, or someone says or you go, oh, I wouldn't mind doing something else. I would love to know how that connection comes about. When do you when do you wake up and go? I'm going to try something new, or did someone tap you on the shoulder? And it was it a team team ethos? Uh, you talk about your explanation manager as well. You, I'd just love to know about how you resign from a very comfortable position to go into the world of risk. Um, I'll, I'll try and be as concise as possible. So t- about. 11 years ago, when I first came to Australia, I was trying to do my own waste-to-energy project in the Philippines. And one of the guys that I had met along the way who was helping in the background was David Izzard. He's a director of Rockford Partners here, and he's also a director of Voltaic. So I kind of knew David. He, was, he had been successful in mining services, and 
fast forward 10 years, I was I was a director for this um, Metzl Autotech, which is uh, the world's biggest minerals processing technology company. And I was putting on a an annual conference for my team. And I reached out to David. Would he be a motivational speaker at the this conference that I was coming? Because I knew he had done well in business, but I didn't really know him that well. And he agreed. I was in hotel quarantine at the time when I reached out to him. And then I got out of quarantine and we met for a coffee in in West Perth and we didn't even talk about what I had asked him uh, about and we were he was just telling me about what he was planning at Rockford and all these companies he was about to list and he he brought me down to meet John Hanford his business partner and they essentially over the next say, six months convinced me to um, to leave where I was and get on the team here and I got in before Voltaic was even um, a concept and yeah we uh, we kind of rebirthed Eon Energy which was the shell which was picked up by Rockford and turned it into Voltaic and um, the, the, I think the decision was easy because of the the kind of you could just see the exuberance and mm. um, the kind of energy that David and John had and what they were trying to build here and uh, I think recognising that their this mining super cycle was about to begin and get into something really entrepreneurial here so yeah, I haven't, I haven't looked back since. No, Voltaic Strategic Resources Limited, and uh, it is uh, VSR if you're looking for the ASX code. And they're uh, going along just nicely. And we've got Michael Walsh uh, having a chat to us on ASX Market Goss. We'll get to more on the, the company in a moment and talk about probably the, the Nevada, Gascoin, and Mika Thara. So that's where you're, you're working at the moment. But I want to get to a bit more know about you. And you did say before we... Press play in this recording. How long will this take? Um, you know, we can make it shorter if you want. Um, but I need to get to know you, and I think your investors and those listening to this podcast would be, I think they're already suitably impressed. Um, on any given day in your working life now, what's the first thing you do when you put your, put your voltaic hat on? What's the first thing you focus on? The very first thing of work. Um, the very first thing I think would probably be um, planning for the, the week ahead and what the next immediate week um, needs from uh, f- from a CEO point of view. That could be, is there any interviews planned for the day? Planning with our exploration manager, Claudio, or it could involve getting ready to go out to the field with, with You've the You've mentioned him a couple team. of times. You've said Claudio. He seems like he's a major part of Voltaic. He's a oh, key 100%, yeah. We, we've got a fantastic working relationship and this mutual respect. Uh, he's one of probably, he'll, you know, he'll kill me for saying this, but I think he's probably the most experienced rare earth geologist in Australia. He's now had two independent rare earth discoveries under his belt. He was part of the discovery team for Northern Minerals Browns Range. He put in the discovery hole himself. And he also made the Azra Minerals Yttria heavy rare earth and scandium discovery about two or three years ago. So very competent, very um, credentialed guy, and we were very fortunate to have picked him up just before we listed in October. Claudio? Sheriff Ziegers. He's born in Chile originally, but he basically grew up in Canberra, so he's very Australian. And, yeah, we, we've kind of hit it off, and, um, yeah, he's probably the best rare earth geologist in Australia, but he also has a deep understanding of lithium, pegmatites, pretty much any commodity, so... 
very lucky to have them. Are you an email man? Do you wake up first, check your emails, check the share price, check what's happening with your counterparts, your opposition, uh, check in with Claudio, check in with uh, – you try to nail all that before the sun comes up? Uh, well, yeah, email definitely, but um, I tend to avoid looking at the share price. I don't think it's uh, it's good for mental health to um, – Pay attention to the day-to-day. Minute, do you mean that? Se- do you mean that seriously? I, I, I smirk, but do you mean that? No, I, I had some good advice um, before I kicked this job off from um, a, a former mentor of mine, Iggy Tan. He runs Alltech Batteries. Or Alltech spoken Chemicals. to Iggy, yeah. Um, he pretty much told me he, he's been a, be- a mentor for me in the past when I was doing this waste to energy project, and he. When I had this, took this gig on, he pretty much said, "Stay away from hot copper, and stay away from looking at the minute by minute share price." He said it's not good for <laughs> your mental health. And it's it exactly the opposite of what I do. I don't even pay the share market, but I love looking at it. Go, and before you walked in, I was looking at it and through the spike. Yeah. I go, oh, "Yes, you know, not your thing." You, but is it your thing? But you're fighting the urge to do it. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, you're fighting the urge. I think it's just natural, but um, I don't think it you, you, like. It's all about long-term. This is all about growing the company long-term and not the minute-by-minute schizophrenic market reactions that, that's, um, you know, it's especially in a stock like ours, it's we're very impacted by kind of macroeconomic factors. And there's, there's things with nothing to do with our company that would affect our share price. And if you just let that, if you let those things get to you, then um, I think, yeah, you're not going to achieve your... Outcomes, but but can you see? um, And again, we want to go back to you in a moment. Let's talk about. So we've seen the spike, two cents. Then we've seen the spike, whatever that may be. Would you would you put a call out to those who are investors to to remain and be patient, or do you think you've got your fly by night? As you would see the people that come in say, "Oh well, I've just tripled my money. I'm out." What's your call to them? Can you make a call to them to sort of ask why they've gone, or do you understand why they've gone? Are they you know, that they spec buyers that just come in and make a quick kill and then get out. I mean, what what's best for you and, and Voltaic? Uh, we were very conscious at the start that we, because it was a recompliance listing of a, a shell, we have probably had a lot of stale shareholders who probably lost money in the in in the with the former company who were probably disgruntled, and uh, we 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 were trying to get that part of the register removed and get more like long term type holders in. Yeah. We've we've definitely achieved that now with the last the seven million dollar placement we've had a huge amount of interest from more institutional type investors and and like major f- resource funds which has been very encouraging and we've also had some interest from strategic type investors um who we never thought would have dealt dre- dreamt of dealing with a, a company at our stage um but yeah look i what i would implore to shareholders is that we we want to take this way beyond where we are this is only very early stage it's we picked up all these grassroots projects. They're literally grassroots, but with lots of blue sky. We've shown that there's huge potential of both the lithium, the rare earth projects so far. We've got several other projects that we haven't even begun to explore yet. And we're still very, very cheap. Uh, we started off as a two cent company. We're now over double that um, as of May, today, May 17th. And I think if, if you can hang in there for the long term, we, we want to turn this into a, a much bigger, you know, multi you know, 200 million market cap company um, in, in a not too short and a not too long time frame, basically. That's, um, that's uh, something to, uh, for I'm sure those who are listening to this podcast will certainly uh, 
take on board. All righty, a couple of other things. You talk about Iggy Tam being a, a bit of a mentor. Do you have a work motto? Do you work by a, a motto yourself that you can share with the, those who listen? Do you have a... Um, well, just, uh, I, I suppose, just strong work ethic. We that's what we ex- That's what I expect from any of the team. That they need to have a strong work ethic and not. Um, we're not a big multinational company who can absorb uh, people who don't uh, put in the extra mile. We're um, we want everyone to be you know hard workers, focused, and it. it I want to set an example. So, if if I'm not seen to put in the extra yards, uh, then how can I expect anyone in the team to do it? So, so mm-hmm. yeah, hard work ethic, but competent technical people and yeah results it's all about results basically all righty um we talked about uh, the start of the day uh, coffee of choice you went for a coffee which got you the gig in the first place uh, what uh, what's your coffee of choice uh flat white uh simple classic australian <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're in a world of almond and soy and all that sort of stuff but you're just a normal everyday just a very white. very Vanilla, bloody flat. I like flat it. Word. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, any interest outside of, of the game, like, like sport interests? I mean, you're Irish. I mean, obviously, we're talking probably rugby, uh, football, Gaelic football, and those hurling and all that sort of stuff. What's your interest in sport? Yeah, look, I uh, still have very passionate uh, about Irish Gaelic football and, and hurling, which is the other national mm. game. Uh, but here, um, don't get the. I did play. An, Quite a bit when I was initially here for the first year, but that kind of died off. Uh, and now, I'm, in terms of exercise, it's all about cycling, and um, my, I suppose other pastimes are music, guitar, yep. and electronic music production. Um, oh, really? Mm. Do you, you do your own stuff at home? Yeah, it's definitely uh, taken a back seat since the birth of my my daughter. But um, <laughs> yeah, still one of my biggest passions. Yeah. yeah. Is, did you go? Did you seek lessons in in guitar, or did you do it yourself? I uh, know I've I've got a twin brother, and we both kind of learned it around the same time, just from from books and um, early YouTube videos. And yeah, still. still are you good up. at it? No, I mean, I wouldn't, no wouldn't. you're going to say you're not because that's the, that's the way you are. I've, I've sensed that already. You're very understated, but I, I, you're just a. I just a hacker. I've been in a few bands over the years. Oh but, yeah. Um, yeah, nothing of nothing of significance. Not quite the cause. <laughs> <laughs> I would ask, um, uh, you talk about family and, the, and you say the birth of your daughter. Have you got the work-life balance right? I uh, definitely need to work on that for sure. Um, but, yeah, I always try to make, especially the weekends, all about family time and try to switch off as, as much as that's possible. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a constant kind of battle, I suppose, to switch your, your mind off from, mm. from the job at hand. Mm. But... Yeah, it's uh, it's something at the back of my mind always, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I would ask you then to talk about your uh, the short, uh, the medium, and the long term of Voltaic. What, what's your, your, your everything? You're, you're kicking goals, but you've clearly every time you've spoken, it's it's the long game you're playing. Just tell us a bit about the short, the medium, and the long, if you could sort of put them into brackets. Sure. Yeah. Well, the short term is all about progressing. The Paddy's Willa Rare Earth Project and the Tea Tree Lithium Projects and getting them the, our next generation of targets. So that, that will involve several surveys, geophysical, fo- photogrammetric and soil surveys of, of both projects. That will then give us the next 
level of targets. So we, you might say that we've had, say, priority three targets in, now, and we'll move to priority two, and then ultimately priority one as we, we progress up that value pyramid of both. Then we've got all these other projects. Uh, the, in the medium term, we've got other projects uh, like Talga, Kuline, all of our Mikathara gold vanadium prospects that we will soon begin to do early stage exploration on. And there's also a Nevada copper nickel cobalt prospect that we also haven't done any work on yet, but it's got nice potential as well. So in the medium term, we'll, get, we'll address all of those projects. And then longer term, we're obviously going for uh, a lithium discovery at Tea Tree, um, a rare earth discovery at Paddy's Well, and to have then also progressed all the other projects, increase them up the value pyramid, basically. So have our priority three, two, and one targets identified at all the other ones as well. And grow the team. We've now got enough money to, um, to significantly upscale the team and get um, proper systems established at, at both the, the Gascoigne projects and the Mikathara projects. And I think long term, yeah, we're, as I say, we're, we're laser focused on, on discoveries and we're, we're certainly not going to rest now that we've got some initial good results that we're, we're laser, laser focused on, on building value. You still, still like putting the boots on and getting your hands dirty? Oh yeah, I've gone out to the field. Uh, initially I was going out for every single trip um, and it's dropped back a bit recently as other commitments um, were on my shoulders but yeah certainly I'll never stop going out into the field love being out there mm -hmm. without giving too much away before we again hit, hit record in this podcast you talked about um, you didn't say it but I'll say it while possibly some of your competitors are not attacking the off season I say in quotes about getting in you made it a very key focus of the group to get into Gascoigne, and it was a difficult. It's a difficult setup. It's difficult to access. Can you share with the with the listener here today, in this podcast, listening to the podcast, how difficult that is, and some of the elements that you've had to get over to, to get settled? And we see the news that you've come out today with you know with with, with results. Yeah, sure. Uh, so the Gascoigne area, it's in a pretty remote spot of Western Australia. It's uh, primarily uh, like a cattle pastoral type country and there's not many um, bitumen roads you're, you're pretty much dealing with dirt roads everywhere you go and you have to be not only conscious of not ruining those roads when it gets wet um, you also have to be very conscious of not pissing off the pastoralists when you when you're on their land which means don't just stay on the designated tracks and don't drive on the tracks when they're wet so all of these factors you have to consider before getting to your projects and so we, we, we listed in October, we were straight away in the field and it was pretty obvious at Paddy's Well the access was going to be a super challenge, especially when, it, when the rainy season starts. And when we initially were up there, it was in the tail end of the, the mustering season for the pastoralists. So we, there were certain areas that were no-go for us and we, uh, we were very respectful of, of the pastoralists. But then getting into the actual um, Paddy's Well area was you, pretty much involved several river crossings where the river not flowing with water but just big sand beds, and when the, when they do get any kind of sniff of water, they pretty much can turn into quicksand. So you have to be kind of experienced in how you deal with um, getting across such terrain, and then um, th there's also ridges that you have to get up, and 
they're pretty much um, <coughs> the initial rig that we chose was a tractor mounted auger vacuum rig specifically because it would it would have been <coughs> easy to get it into these um, these particular areas because you have the big tractor wheels and it all the early work involved pitching tents and camping <laughs> wherever we were and it was yeah in the middle of December early January it's it's not very pleasant conditions but um, we all were very energized at the time to do it because we were highly conscious of getting that early new slow and mm. data to give us drill targets basically so again without wanting to pop the opposition because that's not what you're here for because you got worried about what you do um, you, you don't want to be asleep at the wheel you want to use all the time and and, and that, that's why you wake up today on May 17 with this news and you feel as though those hard yards because it's a quick turnaround October to launch in October to now we're only talking six seven months away yeah sure definitely. that's happened quick but you reckon the grounding groundwork was done prior yeah, look, we did all that early work, um, October, November, December, January. We didn't really stop. That was pretty much permanently out in the field. And um, we initially didn't have, you know, lots of gear, so we were using just basic tents-type setup. Um, but now we're a bit bit more uh, tooled up to, uh, to, to tackle the terrain. more high-brow, you reckon? Yeah. <laughs> You're glamping <laughs> rather than camping. Yeah, we've upgraded. Now we've, we can justify having an air mattress. For <laughs> but, yeah, look, it's... Um, it was it, it was something we just we just had to do, and it it, it I suppose now we're, we're bearing fruits. So, so, yeah, there, there would be some peer companies out there that, you know, they w- would wait until the, say March this time, April when it's much ple- more pleasant conditions up there, to um, before they start their campaigns, and you will see that they will they will their share prices will definitely suffer as a result because you you have this big glut where you have no news flow, and. Uh, when there's a macro turn out there, then th- these are the companies that first get punished. So we're very conscious of that, and that's why we um, were, you know, out in the field so much, basically. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's, it's it's certainly been fruit. VSR, of course, is the code, and we're seeing a real spike. A lot of uh, the graph, the, the graph is showing some green spikes all the way through it, which is fantastic. I know you don't look at it, but I do, uh, Michael. Uh, your pitch, your pitch to future investors, people who may be listening to this podcast who have been impressed by your leadership, your your work focus, your uh, ideologies and, and the company's direction. What, what's the pitch? Uh, the pitch is we're still very cheap, um, in my opinion. We're, we, I think we've proven now that we're certainly not a lifestyle company. We're here to make a discovery. And we started off at two cents. We're over double that so far, and it's, it's less than a year. We've got several outstanding rare earth prospects an outstanding lithium prospect at Tea Tree. We're a long strike from that Uniathara lithium discovery at Tea Tree. At Paddy's Well, we've we've now have we, what we see as the biggest rare clay intercept in Australia that's ever been reported to to our knowledge. And it's only the the beginning. So it's huge upside from here. We feel, and we've got the technical skills to take these projects, not just from. Um, the exploration stage, but we also into the development stage. We we want to ultimately be a developer at at some point. So if you can hang in for the journey, I think it'll be worthwhile. It certainly does seem so, uh, especially with you at the helm as CEO, uh, Michael Walsh. Thanks for sharing your time with us today on ASX Market Goss. And that is uh, another edition. And don't forget, VSR is the code 
for voltaic, uh, voltaic strategic resources limited. That is another episode of ASX Market Gossip. We love your feedback. Uh, please make a comment, like us, share us, tell your colleagues, counterparts or community, spread the word. And it's not just this platform that you're listening right now. You can get us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, iTunes, of course, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and RSS.com. Again, please keep an eye and an ear out for our next episode. Until then, we'll keep digging to find more guests to chat with on the ASX Market Goss Journey. The content of this podcast is intended to be general in nature and is not personal financial product advice. It does not address the circumstances of any individual or entity. You should not construe any of this information or other part of the material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other professional advice. ASX Market Goss and its employees are not financial advisors. You should consider seeking independent legal, financial taxation or other advice to check how any information relates to your unique circumstances. Nothing contained in this podcast constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by ASX Market Goss or any third party to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments in this or any other jurisdiction in which such solicitation or offer would be unlawful under the securities laws of such jurisdiction.